Welcome to the Getting Mindful with Megan podcast. It's here that we will deep dive into the many different aspects of the mind, body, and spirit, all with the intention that you walk away with steps and a resolve to live better. You ready? Let's get mindful. I am so glad that you are here. Today, we are going to dive into 10 things that I have learned in 2023. This has been a year of more quiet growth. I took a break from marketing. I haven't been as active on my podcast. I made my app free and I have just kind of hunkered down a bit per se. It has been incredible. I feel like I've learned so much. There's something about just going inward and like working on yourself. It has been so good for me. I decided to get pregnant this year and I think instinctively I started just kind of putting things away so that I could bring that new energy in. And it has been a year of growth. I have taught a lot of classes in person. I've spoke at so many church events and I wrote a book this year. So even though I haven't been out in the open as much with everything going on in my life, I feel like I've been just growing, growing, growing. And I've been able to take on the position as a supporter to my family a little bit more as my husband started his new business. So this has been an awesome year and I'm excited to share with you 10 things that I have learned in 2023. All right, let's start with number one. I learned that pain is worst when I resist it. I have taught this since the beginning of getting mindful with Megan and it's something that I believe. I've taught podcasts about it. I've taught it to my clients. I've shared it. But this year, I got to really experience it and really practice and really live it. When I got pregnant, I got plagued with migraine hell. I had so many migraines. I think we've counted maybe over 40 this pregnancy, and they have been rough. And to give you some contrast of what I want to explain, I want to tell you a story about one of the first migraines I got. I got a migraine, and it was terrible. My head was throbbing so bad. I literally felt like I was going to chop, like I needed to chop my own head off and barely conscious because the pain was so bad. I stumbled into my bathroom, threw up a bunch of times, and then nearly blacked out on the floor. And I got up, stumbled back to the bed. And then for over an hour, I just laid in my bed fighting with this migraine. I was like, why am I dealing with this? And I kept, the thought kept coming, no, 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 like the, every throb, I just like, It hurts so bad. How do I get rid of it? You know, I just, I really fought with the migraine and it took me forever to fall asleep and finally get it to go away. And then they kept coming back and coming back and coming back. And I was getting more and more and more. And then in contrast to that, I had had a lot in between and a lot of different experiences. But in contrast, recently, more recently, about a month or so ago, I had a a little cluster of migraines. And one night I woke up in the middle of the night with a migraine and I decided consciously that I was going to do it different this time. I decided I was going to manage my mind around the pain. And so I woke up my husband and had him sit with me and just like hold my hand and be with me. And I put on my eye mask And I turned on some really hippie yoga music that makes me feel very calm typically. And I decided, okay, it sounds like we're doing a migraine tonight. I decided not to fight with the migraine. I just decided it sounds like it's migraine time. And so I decided what could make this migraine not as terrible. 
So I sat in my chair and I did just deep breaths. I breathed extremely slow and I breathed deep and it was insane. You guys, I could physically feel the pain lessening the more calm I got and the more focused on my breath that I got. It just, it was lessening, lessening, lessening. And it was insane. I fell asleep so quickly and the pain was so much less compared to the 40 times before. And I'm knocking on wood right now, but I haven't had a migraine since. And I I feel that I was being taught that resistance truly does bring persistence to physical pain, but also emotional pain. When we think we shouldn't have pain, when we think we shouldn't be feeling the things that we're feeling, when we think that people shouldn't be doing the things that they're doing, it usually makes it worse and it persists. And so I believe that we are in more control than we give ourselves credit for and that we have more power than we know, especially when it comes to pain. There's a lot of studies that show that meditation is actually one of the best forms of pain management, even better than a lot of painkillers, that people who truly meditate during pain, it lessens their pain more than the painkillers did. So something to consider is just don't resist when negative feelings come up. Don't resist when pain shows up in your life. And I think that it will go away a lot faster and you'll get through it. And we create so much of our suffering and that is good to know. So number two, moving on. Small and simple things bring great results. This one is really fun. I am excited to share this one with you guys. So at the beginning of the year, my friend and I, Jessica, we made a goal to work out consistently. And we started with a program that had us lifting about three days a week, full body, and then we'd walk the other three days a week in like zone two cardio. And we have pondered many times together and I've pondered on my own, like, how did we do it? Because we stayed consistent most of the year. I would say we were 90% consistent this year in our fitness goals and our working out goals. And we have talked about it and Other than that we were accountable to each other, I think the biggest thing that stood out to both of us is that we didn't start big. We started small. We started with three days a week. We didn't expect ourselves to be perfect right off the bat. We didn't think that we should be working out seven days a week. And then if we didn't, if we missed one day, give up and quit, which is something that I think I typically have done in the past is I would expect myself to to do all this amazing stuff, which would be so awesome, right? Like to maintain all of my nutrition goals and maintain six days a week at the gym and blah, 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 blah. Instead, we had a minimum baseline, which was like three days a week of lifting. And we were able to stick with it. And not only that, but I believe that small and simple things truly do bring great results because I was able to see big differences in my body composition just from those three days a week of lifting. And also, as we lifted for three days a week, we were like, this is fun. We like this. This is good for us. It feels good. And we moved it to four days a week. And we did a program for a while with four days a week. And I think at one point we were doing five days a week. And then maybe when I got pregnant and stuff, we kind of went back down to four or three days. But it was because we didn't set our expectation too high and then make ourselves be perfectionists in it that we were able to be consistent and actually see results. I feel like we were 
able to do things that were sustainable. And because we didn't put those extreme expectations on ourselves, we were able to accomplish our goal. And we were able to say this year we were freaking consistent. And so while you guys might be setting goals and thinking of things like that, remember that small and simple, remember to set minimum baselines that aren't overwhelming to you. And don't expect yourself to be perfect. It's not all or nothing. It's all or something. And I have seen the results of that this year. Okay, number three, you don't have to do anything that you don't want to do. You guys, real facts, people pleasing is is a difficult thing for me. I do it a lot and I don't even realize I'm doing it. I feel like I live a lot of my life with like pressure on my shoulders to make sure that the people around me feel comfortable. and. I make myself feel good about it because I'm like, oh, I'm just being so nice. I'm trying to make everybody comfortable, right? But I, I had a realization that God looketh upon the heart. He, he wants to know why you're doing what you're doing. And I realized that for me, instead of doing things because I love somebody, instead of serving someone because I love them, instead of showing up for them because I love them, a lot of times I'm showing up for them so that they'll love me. I'm seeking after their love rather than giving my love. And to me, that is a scarcity mindset. That's not aligned with like my highest self and with God. And so this is a big one for me this year is that Jesus taught that we don't need to seek the love and the approval of others. We just need to seek his approval. And so this is something that I'm working on and it's losing its grip, which is awesome. But man, it is still super hard because I'm somebody who has pretty good emotional intelligence. I can read a room. I usually am aware of how people feel. It's one of my gifts is that I have empathy and I can see people's emotions easily. And so I have to be really conscious about what's driving me. Why am I doing the things am I doing? Is am I doing it because I want their love or is it am I doing it because I want to give them love? And that has been a huge learning experience for me. I literally can feel God unlocking the handcuffs in this area of my life, which is gratitude, man. So much gratitude for that. All right. Number four, faith and hope are a little bit different. And something that I'm learning is that goals come with a cost. If you want something, you have to be willing to put in the action. Faith requires action. Hope is the vision, but faith requires action. I've always believed, of course, like I could have that if I wanted. Of course, God could bless me with that. Of course, I could create that in my life. But was I willing to do the hard things to make it happen? To me, faith is being willing to step into that new version of myself, let go of my current reality and believe in this new version of myself that has the thing that I already want. So let me give you like a tangible example wanting to make more money. Okay, this is this is tangible. I think a lot of people have this goal. They would like to have more money, right? Or this is something they they hope for. And but are you willing to step into the energy of a person who has more money? That person is willing to do hard things. They see value in the things that they create. They're willing to sell. They're willing to show up. So we can think all of the beautiful thoughts like money comes so easy to me, but unless we're willing to pay the cost which might mean getting on your social media and selling something or like for my husband going and doing the hard work every single day, shoveling, figuring things out, 
holding the responsibility unless you're willing to step into that energy. I don't think, I think that's, that's hope. That's not quite faith yet. One of my favorite quotes is faith without works is dead. And I love, I think it was an LDS leader said, faith without works is dead, but works without faith is even deader. So to me, coupling these two things, I believe with also, I will go and do is the way to make things happen in life. Number five, let's move on. Your thoughts aren't facts. You guys, we think we're so smart. So this is something I'm having to really just be aware of all the time, right? But if you pers- like, if you process your past with your default brain, you will see things through the negative bias. And then what happens is you will project those those that past into your future and you will keep creating the negative bias because that's just the human nature. That's how we work. So you have to be very conscious and know that like my thoughts aren't facts. The way that I'm perceiving the past, the things I believe about me, the things I think about what has happened to me or for me or whatever in the past might just be a projection of how I feel right now in the moment. And so our moods affect our thoughts. So many things affect our thoughts. Your thoughts are not facts. If we want to do higher things, if we want to become better, if we want to move into a greater version of ourselves, we have to be conscious about what we're thinking. We have to perceive the past from positivity. We have to see the good in the past and then project that into the future because those are the things that we want to create. So I want to encourage you guys Decide what you want to think, especially if you have goals. We were just talking about faith, right? If there's something you want to create in your life, really take a look at your facts. Are they in contradiction to what you want to create? I've noticed this a lot. Maybe, for instance, I'll I'll give you a, a real example for me is that I have always wanted to have a podcast and I've always wanted to have a community of people who are working towards themselves and I've wanted to be a teacher in that way online. But I also had the thought that I can't do it and homeschool at the same time, which is a problem because I want to homeschool and I want to do this. And so thinking that thought is not going to serve me. And recently I just had this like aha moment. I feel like came from the heavens that was like, you are just choosing for it to not work. Your thoughts create your results. If you want both of those things, you can have them. It may require more focus out of you. It may require you to go to bed on time. It may require you to not do some of the things that other people around you are doing. But if you want it, you can make it happen. Um, But you're going to have to believe that it's possible. And so for me, learning and remembering and bringing back to my awareness that my thoughts are creating my reality and the ones that I just think nonchalantly are not facts has been very, very empowering. All right. Number six, complaining, comparing, and criticizing come very naturally when I'm bored and I'm not working on anything in particular. (laughs) At least for me, I need to be working on something meaningful. If I don't have something to work on, if I don't give my brain something to create or a problem to solve, it will give me fake problems to solve. It will tell me that I need to fix my husband or that my friend is being annoying, or does this person like me or not? And it will try to get me to solve these problems that aren't even real problems that I have no control over. 
And it is a pointless waste of time and it does nothing meaningful for the world. Something I've learned this year is why not solve problems that matter? Your brain is going to try to solve problems either way. It's either going to try to solve problems that don't matter and problems you can't control, or you could put your brain to work and solve problems that do matter, that will change the world around you. So for me, that looks like maybe helping teens with their emotional help. How can I solve that problem? That seems a lot more of an effective and productive way to use my energy. How about learning a new language? That's another way that I want to use my brain. And so it's not looking for problems. I want to go learn how to speak another language so I can communicate better with people in my community so that I can go visit countries and be a part of different communities and travel and do things that matter to me. So I think this is especially important. I'm not saying all stay-at-home moms do this, but I do think this is especially important for stay-at-home moms. You don't have to go get a job or anything like that, but just remember that putting your mind and your heart towards a goal or something you want to learn or become will help everyone in your family. And it will keep you out of this complain and compare and criticize loop that so many of us accidentally fall into. It's so normal. It's so common. It's funny because it's like sometimes we're like, oh, I just want my brain to have a break. You know, I don't want to have to be solving problems. But when we give our brain a break, it just starts making up problems for us to solve. Our brain is meant to solve problems. We're meant to create. We're meant to make things better. So let's be conscious about what we're doing that with. Okay, number seven. I have learned that I need to be very careful about what influences me. This one has been interesting for me. I had the realization that I might be a little bit of an easily influenced person. I think this is actually one of my strengths, just being overused. Naturally, I see the good in people. I feel like I walk in a house and my brain doesn't go to, oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. I'm like, oh, I love this thing. I love what you did here. I love that. I love this. And And I love what people create, which is a gift, I think, to see the good. But what happens for me is sometimes my vision gets really foggy and I get like torn. Like I'm like, do I want that or do I want this? This person said this is really good. This person says that this is the right way to do it. This person says, oh, you never put that in this place in your house or whatever it is. But I would get really wishwashy with what I wanted. And so I had this realization in a funny way. It was with my house. I realized that I love so many people's decor style and creativity. And I go on Pinterest or on Instagram and I see these beautiful houses and I'd be like, oh, that's so beautiful. I love that. And then I'd have end up with like a smorgasbord in my own house and nothing that really feels like me and that I love. And I kept thinking, Like, this isn't what I had envisioned, but I didn't really even know what that was. And so I decided to define my vision for my house. I decided to pick what I love and then focus and not get distracted with what everyone around me loves or what Pinterest says is trendy or cool or whatever. An example of this is like, I love, I see everybody like moody is in right now. You know, everyone's painting their walls like dark blues and like, it's so cute. I can see the vision. It's so beautiful, but I like a bright and airy house. And I I actually don't want moody, deep colors all over my house, but I, I could see myself getting confused with that, right? That I was like, well, maybe I do want that. And 
what else? And and this is a very surface level example when I'm talking about the house, but I also notice starting to notice it all over where I was influenced by social media telling me how to homeschool. It was like, oh, if you're not unschooling, you're doing it wrong. And I'm like, oh, shoot. So am I doing it wrong? You know, or what my friend is doing with their time. All of a sudden, I'm like, maybe I should do that with my time. And it's not because I think that their way is better. It's just I can see the good in what they're doing for themselves. But also, I need to define my vision. And I want to invite you guys to do the same thing. Define your vision and then focus on it. Don't let yourself get distracted with what other people are doing or what other people are saying you should do. That is how you're going to create the life that you really want is holding your own vision. Play with it. What do you guys think? Okay, good. Let's move on. Number eight. It is normal for you and others to struggle or have a hard time or feel triggered with people who are positive, living into their potential, that are truly happy and accomplishing their their goals, it is normal for them to be bugged by it and you to be bugged by it. But I want you to do it anyway. So this one was really freeing for me to learn this year and to learn deeper. I've, a lot of these I already knew, but like to go deeper on them. I realized that I have this thought and I told you guys earlier, but it's that I just want everyone to be comfortable. And that sounds so nice, but actually it isn't. It isn't that nice. <laughs> I used to, I have tried dimming my positivity. I've tried downplaying my goals to make people comfortable around me. I've tried to simmer my excitement because I'm a very, I, I can get very excited about things. I've tried to simmer that part of me so that people won't feel overwhelmed with it because I thought that that sounds nice. But actually the thought, I just want everyone to be comfortable isn't very nice because we don't grow in our comfort. And we don't learn in our comfort. And I actually think triggers are our teachers. So if I'm triggering somebody, that's an opportunity for them to learn. And when I've been triggered by others and them doing the dang thing, I have had the opportunity to grow. It is because of people showing me what's possible that I believe I can do anything anymore. And I just decided I'm going to let that thought go in the wind. I'm going to be done thinking that I should try to make sure everyone's comfortable. I think Jesus is a really good example of this because he was so loving and so serving and he cared about how people felt and he was aware of people's needs. Jesus was amazing in these ways. We see it all over the scriptures, but I also don't think he lived his life to make everyone comfortable. Clearly, people hated him. In fact, do you remember how mad everyone was when he told them in his hometown that he was the son of God. They were so mad. They tried to kill him. They didn't like that he knew who he was. They didn't like that he was out here fulfilling his mission, doing what he felt called to do. They tried to kill him. And what I have found this year is that you can do everything possible in your possible ability to show up for people. You can do everything. You can say sorry a million times. You can love them. You can do everything you can and they still might not like you. (laughs) They still won't be happy. And that is because happiness is an inside job. I cannot take away their agency as much as I try. I cannot manipulate myself in order to manipulate them anymore. And I think this realization has brought me to a great quote by the one and only Taylor Swift. 
who, if you guys don't know, is my favorite. And she said, once you think about it, aren't the people who are out there living their lives not worrying about what other people think having more fun than the ones that are judging? And the answer is 100% yes. We have to just love and serve and do our best to be our best, but not live to make people comfortable. Triggers are teachers. And so if you're feeling triggered by somebody out there living their best life, check in with yourself. Like, why couldn't you? Your happiness is an inside job. Them doing what they want to do has nothing to do with you. And if you're out there triggering other people, it's okay. Triggers are teachers and you might just get to be a lesson for them. And let's leave it at that. You guys get the point. All right. Number nine, critique stings, but it is so good for us if we can take it. (laughs) So something that's been really hard for me in my life is like taking critique from people. And this is something this year that I'm really trying to work on. If you guys didn't know, I wrote a book with my sister-in-law. So cool. It's a mindfulness through the lens of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's published by Good News Brand. It comes out in February. We're so excited about it. But this year, I've had to work on getting critiqued a lot because we went through a huge editing process. We had multiple editors, including my sister-in-law and I editing with each other. And it was so good. It made the book so much better, but also it was uncomfortable. And I'll just say it, there was so much ego swinging for me. I had to simmer. I had to tell my brain to simmer down repeatedly. I had to learn that constructive criticism is really good for my work and that I can be critiqued and not be a perfectionist at the same time and that my work is better when it's edited. Funny story, you guys, if you don't know this, people who know this know this about me and it's funny because I have a podcast, but like I cringe listening to my own voice. I So I won't re-listen to a podcast because I can't like I in the past I couldn't physically like I would just like cringe and like judge my this the way my voice sounds I'm like am I too nasally am I too high pitched am I too low pitched am I talking too fast and I just like I couldn't and this year I am dedicating myself to being able to one love my voice and two listen to my stuff back and make it better like become a better artist become a better podcaster become a better creator because i'm willing to look at my work and see what could be better so that's something i'm working on this year you guys remember your first draft will always suck and so we can always just make it better one thing that stood out to me again taylor swift reference here we go but i watched on tiktok this video of taylor swift watching her her era's tour concert and like jamming out to it and i could not get it out of my brain because i was like how is she doing that? (laughs) How is she watching herself and not like dying? Because for me, like listening to my podcast makes me want to die a little bit. And I thought, well, she's not cringing at herself 24 seven. And that's probably what makes her work really good. She's not judging herself all the time. She's willing to watch herself and say, oh, that could be better, but maybe not judge herself and think she's the worst because it's not perfect. And I'm dedicating myself to that this year. I'm dedicating to deciding that I don't have to judge my voice and I can also listen to myself and make things better as I go. So good. Okay. The last one, number 10, and this one's really important to me. And that is that 
the negative 50% of not pursuing my goals is worse than the negative 50% of pursuing them. Gosh, this one is big for me. I have tried both. I have pursued goals and I went all in on them. And I have not pursued goals and I have put them aside and I have said, I am not doing goals and I am just doing nothing. And I have found for me that I would be rather be uncomfortable working towards something great and failing and figuring it out and having to be critiqued and being judged in front of people than living with the negative 50% that comes with never accomplishing my dreams. I would rather be overworked than sitting at home complaining because I have nothing else to do. I'd rather be disciplining my mind into focus and doing what I say that I'm going to do rather than scrolling endlessly. And I just think for me, this was like a huge realization that I don't want to forget. And that is that the negative 50% of not pursuing my goals is always worse for me than the negative 50% of pursuing them. I'd rather be working hard and making my dreams come true than be in leisure and not. I've tried both. I've had the, the contrast and that is something big for me that I have learned. And I hope that you guys get to try that one on too, because I think we all have important callings, missions, desires, things that we want to do. Your goals, you have them for a reason. It's because we're meant to live bigger. We're meant to be creators. We're meant to do more and be more. And it's not because we're not enough as we are. And that's something else I've learned. I should probably put that one in there. You're 100% enough. Like this year, I haven't done any of a lot of, I haven't, I haven't gone after a lot of my goals and I'm still amazing and nothing's wrong with me, but I feel it in my bones that I made for more. And so 2024 is going to be a good year. We're going to stop caring what people think. We're going to put in the work. We're going to be okay being uncomfortable. We're not going to resist the pain or the discomfort. We're going to hold our visions. We're going to stop complaining and comparing. And we're going to remember that our thoughts aren't facts. <laughs> I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, would you do me a favor? Would you screenshot it and share it with somebody else who you think might like it? Or will you throw it up on your social media and tag me because I like to know who's listening to my podcast? It's funny, like sometimes somebody will message me and they'll be like, hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm like, you listen to my podcast? I had no idea. And it is so exciting for me. So I love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions about anything I said this week, or if you want to chat about it, if you, anything, email me. It's gettingmindfulwithmegan at gmail.com or message me on Instagram or TikTok and I will totally message you back. So we'll see you next week.